for what you have said. We thank you for what you have provided. And we thank you, Lord, that it does go for the benefit, for the increase, for the funding of your kingdom here on earth of which we are a part of from our heart. Not from our pocketbook, from our heart. Guiding and dictating that in Jesus' holy name, in his name, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Anybody get that? Did you get it? Make it yours? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is my special road tonight, huh? I don't even know what to say to that. I don't even know what to say to that. So how many how many people enjoyed this morning? Did you get get a lot out of it? Good. You know, the work of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost Sunday, the work of the Holy Spirit, I, I really see an impartation tonight of the power of the Holy Ghost, which is the power of Jesus Christ. And one of the things that we said... Uh, just let's let's just review it real quick. Let's go back to John, chapter sixteen. Thank you, Father. Uh, John, verse sixteen, or chapter sixteen, and verse thirteen. But when he, who's the he, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Truth, comes, when he comes. He will guide you into all truth, and he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. He will disclose to you, or he will reveal it, or he will manifest it. So the first thing that he manifests is wisdom or knowledge of things that are to come. He'll show you. Uh, Brother Hagin used to have a statement. He'd say, uh, one time there was uh, what looked like a problem, and he said, I know that everything's okay because I know uh, just as much from what the Lord doesn't tell me as from what he does tell me. And, what he, and at first I didn't understand that, but the longer I walked with God, the more I understood it. What he's saying is the Holy Spirit will disclose to you things to come and you'll have a knowing uh, of things that are going to happen. You'll know, uh, I've learned that I have a knowing of things that are going to occur. Um, Nicole and I many times will say, you know, something's different today or something, some, some doesn't feel right or something's awesome. You know, if you ever see me like post on Facebook or something like this Sunday is going to be great. I have a knowing that's the Holy Ghost revealing something to me about this service 
And I would absolutely, like you should always esteem every service, but if you ever hear me say that or speak something like that, there's something special for it. And uh, I would definitely come with all expectation that day. Uh, you, ra be purposed, be intentional to raise your expectation on days like that. Uh, because, and that's why I'm saying it, because some people will recognize, ooh, 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 I need to make sure I get there, I need to make sure that I'm present, uh, God's up to something. Like I said that this week, I said, so excited, my mood is so excited, because there's something special in these services today, and you're here, so you're going to be uh, receiving of that. And uh, so the Holy Ghost will let you know about those things. One time, one time uh, there was a story where I think a girl or a family member, a child, had gotten lost. And Brother Hagin said, no, I know it's going to be okay because God hasn't revealed anything to me uh, that it would be uh, otherwise. And he knew that it was going to be fine. And then he had a vision and saw uh, that the girl just got on the wrong bus or something like that. And uh, he knew that it was going to be okay because of that. Now, one of the things is, how can he know that? How can he be solid in his knowledge that things are going to be okay? Because he had grown, do you think every believer can walk at that level? No, we walk at different levels. But what he had learned was he had learned that the Holy Spirit will disclose to me based off of our relationship and based off of our walk. Right, And so as he learned to walk at higher levels, he knew what was normal to him. What was normal to him was that the Holy Spirit would disclose stuff to him. I would say that I haven't walked like that all the time, but I've definitely uh, arrived there at points, and I'm learning to walk in that more and more. And I'm, I'm pretty confident in it now that he'll show me what needs to happen. I'm pretty confident that he will disclose knowledge and information. Now, who has the knowledge and the information? Jesus does. Who's doing the disclosing or the manifesting of that knowledge and information? Uh, the Holy Spirit. That's the work of the Holy Ghost is to manifest that knowledge and manifest uh, those things uh, to us, right? So if you go on, it says, verse 14, He, who are we talking about? The Holy Spirit. He will glorify me for He, who? The Holy Spirit will take of mine, now who's mine? Jesus, that's who's talking here. So the Holy Ghost will take what is Jesus's and he will disclose it to you. Now, this is not just talking about knowledge. It's not just talking about uh, wisdom and revelation. He's saying whatever I have, the Holy Ghost will reveal it to you. The Holy Ghost will make it real to you. The Holy Ghost will manifest it to you. So he'll take, uh, basically, the Holy Ghost is an intermediary. Uh, uh, Paul and Johnny, will you come here real quick? <laughs> Go ahead, step up into the anointing, Paul. That's what you need. <laughs> Amen. So what will happen is, oh, man. So what will happen is, if this is Jesus, if Johnny is Jesus and I'm the Holy Ghost, what will happen is this. Hey, y'all switch sides. This is, this is wisdom. If he's Jesus and I'm the Holy Ghost, this, the Holy Ghost is the spirit of joy, and Jesus has joy or healing 
or whatever. And the Holy Ghost says, Jesus says, he'll take what's mine and the Holy Ghost will give it to you. He'll take what's of Jesus and he'll give it to you. He'll give it to you. Now that was a great example. But that's what Jesus has. It doesn't Jesus have all joy? And he'll take his joy, give it to the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost will manifest joy. It'll manifest the anointing. And sometimes that anointing is more than our body can take. <laughs> and wisdom is putting him on this side instead of over here so I can walk freely and not have to jump him every time. Good catch. I'm glad I was with you. Verse 15. All things that the Father has are mine. So Jesus now is saying, you've, and here's a place, a verse, where you have all three uh, manifestations of God, all three persons of God in one verse. You've got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And you see right here, Jesus says, all things that the Father has. How many? All. all. Everything God's got. Everything he has. Now, how much stuff does he have? All. all. I mean, all in the earth? All where? Does he have all of Jupiter? All of Mars? Does, it, does he have all nine planets? Even Pluto? He's got Pluto. We're going to give Pluto back. He's got Pluto too. And that's messed up. That's a, that's a joke they get. God, the Father, has it all. And, and Jesus says everything. Now see, here's, here's the thing. Doesn't he have all of the galaxies and the whole universe as well? Doesn't he have all of that? Then what, what is it? What is it that he doesn't have? <laughs> nothing. Nothing. There's nothing he doesn't have. So it, does he have any trouble getting you what you need? No. What is it that you need? Do you think God doesn't have it? No, he's got it. I mean, there's one, I was reading a report not too long ago. I've been using this example for years, but there's some planet or something up there. <laughs> And they said the whole thing's a diamond. The whole planet's a diamond. Planet. Like that's one big rock. <laughs> the whole planet's a diamond. So then what happens? He says, oh, Sherman and Sharon, they, they need some money. They, I need to get something to them supernaturally. 
Well, it's going to take 200,000 years or whatever to get it to him. So 200,000 years ago, he chunks all, breaks off a part of this planet, sends it hurtling through the, the sky, and they wake up tomorrow morning, and there's a big old chunk of diamond sitting in the backyard. Just landed there. You receive that? Amen. Can it happen? Yeah. Does it always happen that way? No. It, I mean... How many different ways does he have to get you all of his things? Name it. I mean, it's, it's just, there's no shortness of God's supply. Oh, he's got to do, and he can see ahead. He's the provider, provision. He sees before, sees what you need, and he's got it lined up. Amen? He's got it lined up. So he says, hey, they're going to need this at this period of time. He starts providing for it. We just get in faith, start praising him, singing the hallelujah, receiving of what he has. Jesus says this, everything the Father has is mine. Then see what he says next. (laughs) Everything the Father has is mine. Therefore, Jesus saying, therefore I said that he, the Holy Ghost, takes of mine and will manifest it to you. He'll get it in your hands. Manifest uh, means hands. It means hands. In other words, he'll turn it into something that you can touch. It's tangible. It literally means he'll turn it into something tangible. He'll manifest it to you. He'll disclose it to you. So Jesus said, the Father has everything, and everything that he has, it's mine, and the Holy Ghost will take what's mine and manifest it to you, put it into your hands. I ought to hear a hallelujah about that. God will take, Jesus will take what's the Father's and he'll give it to the Holy Ghost and manifest it to me. Glory to God. What are you in short supply of? Not a thing. Not a thing. There's nothing that you're missing or lacking. My God will supply all your needs. Now all we got to do is just partner with God and be obedient. You know, produce an offering uh, that smells sweet. It's a sweet aroma, not one that stinks. We just got to get our heart in the right place. What did he say? Give me two other guys to help Johnny pick him up. Stand him over here. Yeah, back him up a little bit. I got to get you out of the way. All right, that's good. Yeah, ha ha, more. The joy was just the appetizer. In Jesus' name. So we need the ministry of the Holy Ghost. We need the ministry of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We need the ministry of the Holy Ghost because it's the Holy Ghost that takes the things of Christ and he gets them in our lives. How many people need answers and solutions? 
how do you think it comes? It comes by the Holy Ghost. Turn to Genesis chapter 1. Whoo, Lord, good teaching. Thank you, Father. Pasti, pafotonisto, panio steva, romat, clalo, lomoste, maestu, venomist, cromeste, tanaisto. We need the ministry of the Holy Ghost. Genesis chapter 1 In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God said, what you have is you have the Father given a directive. You have the Word being spoken. The Father and the Son. And then the Holy Spirit was creating and bringing those things into pass. We need the work of the Holy Ghost. We don't need to, we don't need to put the Holy Ghost in a corner, Right? We don't need to put him to the side and hide him from our lives. We need the work of the Holy Ghost. We need things imparted by the Holy Spirit that we don't even know what they're for. We need the, thing, we need the joy to hit and the work of the Holy Ghost, the, the God of joy, the God of hope, you know, joyful, confident expectation. The God of hope will fill us with all joy and peace and believing. Why? Because we need a strength in this life. Sometimes we don't know what we need that strength for, but we need to be full of strength, and he does that by filling us with joy. That's what you've been witnessing some tonight. But see, here you have this word where the Spirit is hovering over the waters. That word hovering can literally mean to brood. Anybody raise chickens? Anybody raise chickens? What does it mean to brood? Raise up young ones. Raise up young ones to bring them up into manifestation, like to manifest them from a seed to the fullness. From the seed of the word, let there be light. To the fullness there was light. Who did that work? That was the Holy Ghost. He, he broods, he brings up, he manifests these things. You don't, this is why we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. This is why Jesus said, this is why Jesus said, hey, it's to your benefit that I go away. <laughs> it's to your benefit. Because if I'm down here, you can get blessed while you're around me. But if I go away, you can be blessed everywhere. Because I'll send the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost will brood over your life and bring to pass the seed of the Word of God that I've pronounced and I've prophesied in your life. He'll bring about healing in your life. He'll bring about provision in your life. Turn to uh, Luke chapter 1. And the angel, she said, she, the angel said, you're about to give son. You're about to give birth to a son. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I'm a virgin? Then the angel answered and said to her, now watch, hear what was happening here. The angel was speaking the word, the seed, 
And then watch this. And the angel answered and said, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. So the Holy Spirit came and hovered over Mary and brought into manifestation the seed of the Word. We need the Holy Spirit's work in our life. How many seeds of the word do you have? You? Beloved, above all things, I wish that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. Blessed in the city and blessed in the field. Blessed in your coming, blessed in your going. You're blessed, you're blessed, you're blessed. I will protect you. No evil will befall you. No no plague will come near your dwelling. You are kept from the evil one. I'm not taking you out of this world, but you're kept from the evil one. All of these are seeds of promises. This is a book of promises. This is a book of covenant. But all of it is the seed of the word. It's the word, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every Word, every promise, every character and nature of God that the Holy Ghost will manifest in your life. You need the work of the Holy Ghost in your life. You need the the brooding power to bring into manifestation every seed of the Word that is in your life. Every seed of the Word. You need the power of the Holy Ghost. Well, then it becomes very important to walk full of the Holy Ghost because if you're full of the Holy Ghost, He's constantly bringing about every promise in your life. And religion has faulted the very thing that brings the promise of God to pass, the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit in our life. Why? Because it looks weird. Look. It looked weird when he was hovering over the waters and and when he came on a virgin and she had a child. It looked weird. It looked weird to our natural mind, but there comes a point when you start to get in this word so much that you start to see what the world calls weird. You start to call, that's the normal of God, and I'm okay with it. And when you get into that flow with God and he, he goes left, you go left, and he goes right and you go right, and you get into a flow with God and God's word can just start manifesting in your life it can just start overflowing and this is what he's talking about when he says look I want to anoint you and your cup will overflow the anointing will overflow he wants to anoint you through the Holy Ghost so that the promises will overflow in your life Amen? amen hallelujah hallelujah we need the work of the Holy Ghost. We need the power of the Holy Ghost in our lives. Many times, and people will say, uh, you know, you work, you look at it and people say, well, I don't know, that stuff has passed away. How can the Holy Ghost like take a part of his character and nature and set it to the side? He, this is who he is. He's a manifester of the words of God. How can he stop being that? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. In order for the power of God to cease and the work of the Holy Ghost to cease, he would have to stop being. That's not possible. 
It's not possible. This is why it didn't cease. And now, if you start saying, oh, well, I don't want anything to do with that, he's not going to force himself on you. But if you'll say, Holy Ghost, come and manifest in my life. Manifest every, every uh, promise in my life. Manifest every seed of the word in my life. I will not give up any promise. I will not let go of any seed. I, won't let, I want you to manifest every word I've ever had in my life. Everything prophesied, even stuff I didn't know about, stuff my mama used to pray over me when I was a baby. Lord, bring it to pass. I need the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. I need him to manifest those things. But you understand that this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. In other words, we can sit there like a lazy Christian and we can say, oh Lord, yes, 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 Lord, Lord, do it, do it, do it. And, and, and he's saying, I'll do it, but you got to go over there. You need to go over there to get in place. And we'll say, okay, do it, do it, do it. We'll get over there and I'll do it. Not, Lord, just do it. And what we're doing, we're standing up in pride. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. So I've got to be attuned to the Holy Ghost to say, what have you told me in that word? What have you told me by the Spirit to do? And I've got to be obedient to those things. I can't sit there and fight things he's already told me to do, like, be filled with the Spirit. I can't sit there and fight that and then expect that I'm going to walk in the fullness. It's not going to happen. Ephesians 5, uh, verse 18, I believe it is. Be being filled with the Spirit. The word there in English is be filled with the Spirit. But in the original language, it meant an ongoing thing. Walk in the fullness of the Holy Ghost all the time. Why is he telling us to do that? Because the work of the Holy Ghost, when we're filled up, he can bring about everything he's supposed to bring about in our lives. And we will be empowered to be his witnesses. So I can either sit here and be a lazy Christian, or I can see that and say, it's going to take faith for me to step over there. But because you said it, Lord, I'm going to go. And you get over here and all of a sudden it's starts to work. It might not be how I thought it was going to be, but it starts to work. And always, if it's, God's, if it's God's plan, if it's His Word, it's always the best that it can possibly be. And I get over here, all of a sudden things just start working. Many times if things aren't working, it's time to examine. Did I actually hear from God? Can't tell you how many times I've heard believers and ministers say, I heard from God to do this, comes down to it five years later, and no, I didn't hear from God. But they argued me down that they did hear from God. Like, you need to stop, back up and realize that as a man, as a woman, as a human being with a corrupted flesh, maybe I didn't hear like I thought I did. It's okay to check that again. Because you'd rather be in the right place than doing the wrong thing for five years and then figure it out. Like, check it. Go back. Throw it away. God will bring it back to you. Be, trust him that he will disclose himself to you time and time and time again. Now, if you have something that you know, that you know, that you know that God said, then you just keep going. That's, that's all. He's, he's building something you can't see, but you just keep going. But if you don't know that you know that you know that you know that you know, then go back to the drawing board and hear again. Here again, if it's a right word, it'll be the same word tomorrow. If it's not, it won't be. But what you've got to do is, once you've heard from God, don't be lazy and just say, all right, Lord, you do all the work. 
That's, that's not taking the responsibility. You're the hands and feet of God. You've got, in order to move and to benefit from the power of the Holy Ghost, you've got to be willing and obedient to do what the Spirit's told you to do. To go to that place, to plant yourself in a place of God where the Holy Spirit's moving, where the Word of God is growing some people up. You've got to be obedient to it. You've got to step out into things. I'm looking at many people who have stepped out into something said, Lord, I, I hear you and I'm going to get in the place where you can speak to me and where the Holy Ghost can manifest and you're seeing the fruit of that in your lives. But there may be places where you've, it's easy for you to make this decision, but eh, this decision I'm not so sure about. Get it to the place where it's easy to, for you to make a God decision in every area of your life and you will eat the good of the land. Amen. But we've got to be filled with the Holy Ghost and stay filled with the Holy Spirit. You'll hear me, um, Paul said it like this. He said, I pray in tongues more than you all, right? Praying in tongues, uh, he told Timothy, stir up the gift that is within you by the laying on of hands. That gift that was within him by the laying on of hands was the gift of the Holy Ghost, and he said, stir it up. Well, how do you stir it up? The Word tells us that when we pray in the Holy Spirit, it's in, in essence, in context, stirs that gift up. It says, when you pray in the Holy Spirit, you build yourself up on your most holy faith, right? You build, you exhort yourself. It tells us that we exhort ourselves and we grow, we're, we're lifted up, we're built up, we're made stronger by praying in the Holy Ghost. So you stir yourself up in that and you stay filled with God. Uh, look at, go to Ephesians 5. How do I know that I'm filled with the Holy Ghost? Thank you, Father. Let's just do that right now. Let's just pray in the Holy Spirit. Just, you know, the word says out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And what he's saying is out of the core of your being... From your spirit man will flow rivers of life from your spirit, from Jesus through the Holy Spirit to your spirit. So just put your hand on your belly right now, just kind of as a, you know, it's not your physical belly. This is just kind of a, hey, this is where, this is where the Holy Spirit flows from, the core of my being. And just start praying in the Holy Spirit. If, you, if you're filled with the Holy Ghost and you pray in tongues, just pray in your prayer language. This is not the gift of tongues. This is their, everybody's personal private prayer language. Now, if you're praying like that and all of a sudden as you're praying, your spirit gets stirred up, you start feeling the Holy Ghost move, just raise your hand so I can see it. Just keep it up. Keep it up once you raise it. So just pray in the Holy Ghost, stir up the gift. Now, we, we could go longer and everybody here would be stirred up. But just in that few seconds, what was that, 30 seconds? 
All right, if you started feeling the stirring in your spirit and building yourself up while you prayed, raise your hand. Just hold it up. Now look at that. Almost everybody in here in like 30 seconds. That's your power source. There's your strength right there. At any moment during the week, any time when you're feeling low, when you're uh, battling bad thoughts, when your things just aren't going your way, you can just start praying in the Holy Ghost. Allow the Holy Spirit to do the manifesting that He wants to do in your life. All of a sudden, you just start praying in the Holy Spirit. And this is why the devil fights praying in tongues. This is why he fights being filled with the Spirit is because he knows it's the power source for manifestation and boldness and power, confidence to be the witnesses that God's called you to be. He knows it. And so he doesn't want you bold. He doesn't want you powerful. So he just, he says, oh, that's a devil. It's not a devil. In Luke 11, it says if you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you ask Jesus to fill you with the Holy Ghost, he'll give it to you and he won't let it be counterfeit. That's a promise that Jesus makes to you. How much more will the Father give the Holy Ghost to them that ask him, right? He says, look, I'll, if you ask for an egg, I'm not going to give you a scorpion. If you ask for a fish, I'm not going to give you a snake. He says, I'm not going to allow, I'm not going to allow uh, the devil to counterfeit the Holy Ghost. That's what he's saying. I'm not going to allow it. Not going to happen. You ask, ask me for it. You ask me for the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to allow it to be counterfeit. So see, you can easily go to Jesus with confidence and say, Jesus, I'm asking you for the Holy Spirit and to fill me with the Holy Spirit and know that you're not going to get a devil. You're not going to get a demon. You're not going to get a devil. It's going to be the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you're asking Jesus in his name for something that he made a promise to you would not be counterfeit. Because he's a loving father. God is a loving father. Amen? Amen. So what you see is, uh, how can I know that I'm full of the Holy Ghost? Let me show you this. In Ephesians uh, chapter, well, first of all, when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, when you get filled with him, the first thing that happens is you have the evidence of speaking in tongues. If you go into Acts and you trace when they got filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, everyone that I know of, they start praying in tongues right there. Actually, the very first time there's a law in uh, determining doctrine called the law of first mention. And it says basically when something is mentioned for the first time in the Bible, that's going to set up the framework of how that law works. That's going to set it up. Well, what's the very first time of when somebody is filled with the Holy Spirit? When you see it in Acts, here they're all filled with the Holy Ghost. And what happens to them? They all, first of all, they look so drunk they have to explain themselves. Right? And then they also, and the reason they look drunk, drunk is because they're babbling. And they've been given uh, a tongue that is a witness to everybody around them. They've been given uh, the gift of tongues in them. Then you see it over in Acts chapter 8. You see it in Acts chapter 19. You see it in Acts chapter 10. And they're, they're filled with the Holy Ghost and they start speaking in tongues. So you see it time and again. This is an evidence that it's there. Now, is this the gift of tongues that's mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12, 18? No. 1 Corinthians 12, 18 is the gift. This is a special gift that's utilized in a congregation where somebody speaks out and then there needs to be an interpretation. Now that interpretation can come in many different ways. Actually, it can come in several ways that people don't know about or that they haven't been taught about. Most of you have been taught about it. 
But that's different from the prayer language. The prayer language is something that every believer who's born again and gets filled with the Holy Ghost has a prayer language that they can then utilize at any time. It's not something special when God comes on you, you can utilize it only. No, God's on you all the time. All you got to do is start praying in that prayer language and it'll start to stir up the gift. Paul said this, he said, I will pray in the Spirit and I'll pray with understanding also. I will sing in the Spirit and I will sing with understanding also. Notice what he said, I will. So who was determining who would speak in the Spirit? Paul was. Paul said, I'm determining. This was not a determination by God. This was Paul saying, it's there any time. I can determine at any time that I'll speak this way. He's talking about the prayer language that at any time we can just build ourselves up on the most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. Now this tonight is not a teaching on uh, tongues, but I just gave you some of the main highlights of it. But I want you to see this here. In Ephesians chapter 5, is in verse 18, it says, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Isn't it funny that he uh, puts being drunk and being filled with the Spirit in the same sentence? In other words, he's showing all throughout the Bible that these things are going to go together. What does that look like? Well, it looks like somebody laughing hysterically on the floor. Paul. <laughs> it looks like, I don't understand why, it looks like he, he what did he do, eat some old grapes before he came in here? What's the deal with him? No, that's just the Holy Ghost. Guess what? No, no hangovers, no dry mouth, no headaches, glory to God. No, just joy, pure straight joy from heaven and strength of the Lord to help you be who he's called you to be. That's all it is. And a blessing. Are you blessed? Yeah. yeah. You feel different than when you came in? Yeah, amen. Glory to God. And that's, that's, what the, that's what a touch of the Holy Ghost will do. But it also, at times, can make you look drunk. Peter said this when he got up after being filled with the Holy Spirit. He got up and he said, he said, these are not drunk as you suppose. In other words, everybody there was supposing something. They were supposing, these boys been sipping a little early in the day. But that's not what was happening. No, they had, been, they had been sipping on something, but it wasn't physical. It was spiritual. They were sipping on the new wine that was promised of the Holy Ghost. They were sipping on the new wine of the Holy Spirit. And they were drunk, but it wasn't a physical drunk. It was a spiritual drunk. Somebody the other day, uh, it was a minister uh, in another country. I said, how are you doing? He said, we're drunk. <laughs> I was like, amen, I know what you're talking about. They, you know, why? Because that means they're just flowing in the Holy Ghost. They are flowing in that new wine. They're flowing in that. Uh, in Joel, the uh, chapter, uh, book of Joel, it says, in those last days I will pour out my spirit. On all men, on all flesh. Your sons and your daughter will prophesy. They'll flow. This new wine prophesied. And that's what was happening over in Acts. They received the Holy Ghost. They got filled with the Holy Ghost. And they got drunk. The same Holy Ghost is the same Holy Ghost then. Is the same Holy Ghost today. And when he fills you, you can speak in tongues. And you can get drunk in the Holy Ghost. And you can start flowing in the manifestations, the gifts of the Spirit. Just like they did. He hadn't changed. 
In other words, it's kind of like, all right, so you're expecting that 2,000 years ago the Holy Spirit came on you, came on somebody, and it had these manifestations from it. Now that same Holy Spirit that doesn't change comes on you 2,000 years later, and it's different? No, it's not different. It's the same because he's the same. So when he comes on you, it's the same. And you notice, I want you to see this in a timeline fashion. In Ephesians chapter 5, this is long after. This is now Paul has gone and preached. Now this is the church at Ephesus. This is years later, and he's telling believers that are not pastors, not apostles, that he's talking to the church in Ephesus, and he's saying, be Filled with the Spirit. We know that all Scripture is inspired by the Holy Ghost. This is a Spirit-inspired commandment straight from Jesus. He's disclosing the statements of Jesus to the church at Ephesus, knowing that what he's saying will be put in a book called the Bible that we will read from years later, knowing that the Holy Ghost will be speaking to every church, everywhere, for all time, saying... Pray and be filled with the Holy Spirit. He commanded it. It's a command for you just as much today as it was to that church. This is to his body. Be filled with the Spirit. Now, I want you to see the timeline here, and then we're going to jump off the timeline for a second, but come back to it. If you're traveling down the road of time, be filled with the Spirit is here. Okay? It's Farther in the future, I don't know the exact date of this, but this is years and I believe even decades after Acts chapter 2 where the Holy Ghost was poured out. Right? This is a long time after that. It wasn't right there in it. It's a, while, it's a ways after that, uh, some years after that. Now, let's read this here while we're here and then we'll go back to the timeline. He says this, don't be drunk with wine, but that is, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Verse 19, speaking, <laughs> okay, uh, the Holy Ghost just said, you're pouring out of water hose tonight, easy. He says, so how can I know that I'm filled with the Spirit? Anybody feel like I was preaching faster than your, your mind could take it? <laughs> it's all right. But some of you have heard this, so you're, you're following along. Most of you have heard it several times. He says this, Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. In other words, when you're filled with the Spirit... One of the symptoms of being filled with the Spirit, one of the telltale signs, the fruit of it is, you'll have a song in your heart. You'll have a song in your heart. You know, when I first recognized this, I realized that when I've been filled with the Holy Ghost the most, I'll find myself throughout the day just praying in the Holy Ghost and singing in the Holy Ghost as I go throughout my day. You know, we were walking, uh, when we were on our vacation, we were walking through the bamboo forest, and it was just beautiful. And, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting in there because the bamboo, uh, they have really small leaves and they cluster up top and they're kind of tall. And they lean. They like lean like this. So they got a path cut through the bamboo. But the tops of the bamboo is coming together like that. And so it cuts out a lot of the sun. It's a lot darker than people think it is. 
uh, as you're walking through a bamboo forest. And uh, it's hard to tell in pictures because our phones are really good today and they pick up light. But when you're actually there, it's like, wow, this, I remember the first time I went through, uh, they, it wasn't but a short, it was like a four foot wide path through it. It was so dark, like I couldn't see more than four or five feet into the bamboo before I couldn't see any further. It was like amazing. But I'm walking through there and they got this path cut a little bit wider so there was a little bit more light in and it was just beautiful. It's just beautiful. It's just looking at God's creation and I just found myself singing, isn't that right? And then somebody walked by us on the path. We were walking to go find a waterfall and uh, it was, that was awesome too. And uh, we were just enjoying ourselves and, and uh, then I was laughing because I was like, you know, there's a bunch of people here from all over the world. They don't know, they don't know where I'm from. And uh, they probably just think I'm from some foreign country that they don't know the language to. I'm just going to keep on praying in the Holy Ghost. And, and then when they walk by, I'm not going to say a southern hello, hello. I'm, I'm going to say, like, hello. And then they'll just think that's my accent, you know. And they'll have no idea where I'm from. I'm just going to sing in the Holy Ghost and enjoy myself. And so that's what I did. And uh, she was laughing at me, and I was just having a good time. And uh, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs... When you're walking in the Holy Ghost, when you're walking full of the Holy Ghost, there'll be a song in your heart. There'll be a song. It's one of the things that'll happen. Singing and making melody with your heart. Also, something that'll happen when you're full of the Holy Ghost, always giving thanks for all things. Thankfulness will be on your lips. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, thankfulness will always be on your lips. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to God, even the Father. And then the other thing is, and you'll be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. So these are, these are three things, or four things, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Uh, speaking in psalms and hymns, that would be like you know, coming up and, and almost saying, Oh, the Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. You know? And you can't help yourself. It's like, just why? Because it's overflowing out of you. These are the symptoms of being filled. The second thing, singing and making melody in your heart. Third is always giving thanks. And fourth is being subject to one another. These are some of the symptoms of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And we want to stay filled. Did you know that you can get filled, but then not be as full as you were the day before? We need to, this is why he says, be being filled. And what are we talking about? We're talking about staying in the place where the Holy Ghost can manifest the things of Jesus to us. God wants you to stay in the place where he can manifest himself to you. How do we do it? We stay filled with the Holy Spirit. We stay filled with the Holy Spirit. How do we stay filled? We keep asking, fill me today, Lord. And then you, you stir up the gift. Think about stirring up the gift like stoking the fire, right? You go camping, you have the fire. If it's a big enough fire, you got coals. You uncover some of that, and there's some red coals under there. You start stoking it, get some oxygen in there to those coals. What happens to those coals? They start burning brighter, right? You're stirring it up. You're stoking the fire. You're stirring it, and you do that by praying in the Holy Spirit. I remember one time I was in... Uh, one time I was sitting there in a bookstore, and it had been a while. I was an adult. I'd been filled with the Holy Ghost when I was a kid. 
and I had I was hungry for the things of God, and I, I came to the place as an adult now where I realized I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit again. And, uh, and I said, Lord, I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And he said this to me. He said, then start praying in tongues. Now, I hadn't prayed in tongues in years at this point because I'd had something happen in my life, and I just I'd set it to the side. And I hadn't prayed in tongues in years. Do you want to know how weird that was to my brain as an adult now to start praying in tongues out loud because this is not praying? That's not praying. Praying is when you move your lips, air passes through, and you are actually speaking something that's audible to somebody else, not just you inside your head, right? That's praying, but that's what God did, and he spoke, right? And it was. Light be, and light was, right? So he spoke. You're made in his image and likeness. You have to do that. And so the Lord says, pray in tongues. What is he telling me to do? Stir up the gift. Do you know how long it had been since those coals had been lit? But guess what? I was like, this is weird. My brain doesn't want to do it. It doesn't make logical sense to me. I am an adult now. I was a kid then. I'm an adult now. I'm in a public place. And, I, and you want me to pray in tongues. Holy Ghost. Yep. But for a few minutes, I was sitting here. Lazy, irresponsible Christian. I don't want to go over there and pray in tongues. I don't want to. But you want the blessing. Yes, it's over there. When you pray in tongues. You know, see, there's people all day. They want the benefits of God. They want the blessings of God. But they're not willing to step out in faith in what he's told them to do. He told me, scripture, stir up the gift. I knew what he meant. I knew what he meant, but I didn't want to. Well, as long as I didn't want to and I sat there, I would not have it. But eventually, after a few minutes, I said, okay, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to be willing and obedient. And so I stepped over to the place where I did what he told me to do. I was willing and obedient. Instantly, I felt the stirring of the Holy Ghost for the first time in years. It wasn't that pretty at first. It was more like... Shanda Saba Sebe. You know, it was real slow. I wasn't used to the flow, and, and it was, it was, but as soon as I did it, as soon as I cracked the first syllable off my lips, something happened. It was a willingness and obedience, and something started to click, and something started to stir. And within just a few weeks, I was, you know, and I was praying in tongues like I used to as a kid, and, or as a, as a, yeah, as a child. And uh, all of a sudden, it's flowing again, because I stepped out into obedience. I stirred up the gift. And before I knew it, I was walking in the fullness of God. I had a joy in my heart. I had a song in my heart. I'm speaking in hymns and psalms and spiritual songs, you know, to other people. I'm thanks. To, one of the first things he took me to is always give thanks. I started thanking God for everything. Thank you, Lord, for this jacket. Thank you, Lord, for this pen. Thank you, Father, for uh, my car. Thank you, Father, for these shoes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's a symptom of being full of the Holy Ghost. Well, if you're full of the Holy Ghost, guess what? The work of the Holy Ghost can go to work, bringing the things of the Father through Jesus to you. Now, 
a lot of times the devil fights it, though. Why does he fight it? Because he doesn't want you bold. He doesn't want you confident. He doesn't want the manifestation of the promise in your life. So he fights the work of the Holy Spirit. He fights it, he fights it, he fights it. How does he fight it? Well, a lot of times it, it's real deceptive and it's real indirect. He'll fight it by saying, I don't understand that laughing stuff that happened earlier. This church is crazy. Don't ever go back there. That's how he fights it. And people don't realize because they're ignorant about spiritual things. They don't realize what was actually happening. That he was filling them with strength. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. They don't realize what's going on. They don't know. They've been taught that that's rude and they're interrupting the preacher. They're not interrupting the preacher. Now, if a preacher got up here that's never had that happen before, they might find it weird, right? But that would be because they're not, they've not walked in it on that level. And it is funny to the logical mind it doesn't make sense to the logical mind. But see, that's where a preacher now is tempted to move away from the Holy Ghost. Like, I don't know about that. No, you all just need to be quiet. Don't interrupt me. And all of a sudden, now the preacher is quenching the Spirit. Now the preacher is quenching the very life and manifestation that is needed in the lives of his people. People would say, well, if, if you'd stop doing that, you'd have more people. If I stopped doing that, I wouldn't have any people. Because they would be quenched in there. It would be dead. It would be cold. We're not after a cold or a lukewarm church. We're after a hot church on fire for God. And it's going to take the fire of God to do it. And that means we need an anointing. We need the Holy Ghost. So for me to shut that down would be to shut down the very lifeblood of everybody. Now, how many people, just think about it, how many people that you know in America understand what I just said? Not too many. In the church, I'm talking about, not in the world, in the church. Not too many. And because of that, God can't get big things into their life because they don't understand it. So the devil fights against uh, the power of the Holy Ghost. This is Power Sunday, Pentecost Sunday. He fights against it, and here's what he does. He said it's not for today. Uh, it, they, get it, they get it all when they're, when they're uh, born again, right? Let me show you something. All right, back to the timeline. Here's Ephesians 5 happening here, years and probably decades after Acts chapter 2. Now let's go to Acts chapter 2, where the first pouring out was, or Acts chapter 1, excuse me. We know that this occurred when? On Pentecost. What does Pentecost mean? It mean Penta means 50, right? This was a feast that happened 50 days after the resurrection of Christ. 50 days. So Pentecost happened 50 days after the resurrection. 50 days after the resurrection. So Jesus resurrected and then he was on the earth for 40 days. And on the 40th day he ascended. So let's look here at Acts chapter 1. <clears throat> and 
Verse 1, the first account I composed Theophilus about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up to heaven after he had, by the Holy Spirit, given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. So he, he gave an account till Jesus taken up. To these he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. Verse 4, gathering them together, he commanded them. He commanded them. Now this is when? After the resurrection. On the 40th day, he commanded them to not leave Jerusalem but wait for what the Father had promised. Which? What was the promise? He, he describes it. Which you heard of from me. The Father spoke through me. And it, when did he speak it? One, one place he spoke it was what we read earlier, John chapter 16. He said, You'll, the Holy Spirit will be given to you. And he says, I'm gonna, the Holy Spirit will be given to you. It is beneficial that I go away, that the Holy Spirit may come. You will receive the promise of the Holy Ghost. That's where Jesus spoke of the promise of the Father. So the promise is the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So what are we talking about? After Jesus was resurrected, about 40 days after the resurrection, he says, but wait in Jerusalem. Waiting for Jerusalem for what? The promise of the Father. What was the promise of the Father? The baptism of the Holy Ghost. So at this point, the baptism of the Holy Ghost has not been given yet. On the timeline, we had Ephesians 5.18, years later saying, you be filled too. Church, be being filled. That's an uncompleted command. It is not stopped. It's not in an end. It's still going on to this day. It is a command from our high priest through the word that the Holy Spirit inspired, be being filled. Now that's happening that's happening years after Acts chapter 1. But in Acts chapter 1, it's saying, hey, wait for the promise. The promise hasn't happened yet, but it's about to happen. Wait in Jerusalem until you receive that promise. And then he says, what's that promise? The baptism of the Holy Ghost. Then he says, they ask him a question. He says, it's not for you to know that. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. And after he had said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood by, uh, beside them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. So this was the 40th day. And he says, wait for the promise. So in other words, the promise hasn't been given yet of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Can we say and agree on that? This promise of the baptism hasn't been given, but then we know years later, Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, through Paul, says, 
Be filled with the Spirit. We know that means be baptized with the Holy Spirit to the church. Right? So on the timeline, he said it to the apostles and disciples. And years later, he also said it to the church and for the church as long as the church was the church until the coming back of Jesus. Right? Now, if you notice this in verse in chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost had come, so now 10 days since Jesus said this and was ascended in heaven, they were all together in one place and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting and there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves and they rested on each one of them and they